Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 11. I'm not going to read the entire chapter 11. It's such a wonderful chapter, but I think everybody here knows the story of David and Bathsheba. You know the whole thing that happened. David's on his roof, uh, and he looks out and sees Bathsheba bathing herself. And uh, David's not where he's supposed to be. David is the king and supposed to be on the battlefield, but he's not on the battlefield. He's in his house in the mansion there, and he's out on walking, and he sees Bathsheba. And of course, you know the story. He brings him to him, gets her to come to him. She lays with him and becomes pregnant. She sent word to David. Now, I don't know how long this was between the time they uh, laid together when the debt, but uh, she gets word to him, says she's pregnant. So David sends for Uriah, her husband, off the battlefield to bring him in. Now, you can, you can, I can almost see David, he says, his wheels are turning. This, this, this lady's pregnant, and I got to get her husband here to go with because he encourages him to go home. Go to your wife. Well, Uriah was faithful. He didn't go home. He laid outside the temple, outside the palace, and slept with those out there. And then David takes Uriah and sent him back to the battlefield with his own death warrant in hand. And uh, you, know, you know the story. Uriah, Uriah was killed in battle. But verse 26 of 2 Samuel chapter 11 says, And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bared him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and grace, Lord. Help us tonight, Lord, to be what we need to be. Help us stand in the hour that we are, Lord, and looking around, make sure that we are doing what we are supposed to be doing. And Father, we'll just praise you. Empty myself and fill me thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, we're all familiar with the story. I've all heard men say, I know that. It's nothing more than a cliche uh, uh, that, uh, you, know, you know, sin will take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay and it will cost you more than you want to pay. But I, I, I feel that we don't have a fear of sin in our country, and don't seem to have a fear of sin in our churches today. And it doesn't even look like we have a fear of sin in the Christian lives today. But it's still true. You're going to pay for your sin. It's going to cost you something. We're living in a day and an hour, the shame of sin and the, the pure guilt of sin has been swept under the rug. And in what used to street down the back streets of the city now walks right straight down Main Street. What used to be a shame is now in our Congress and our government. God help us tonight. We've lost our fear of what sin can cause and what sin can do in our lives. 
We see it every single day. How far sin can take an individual. You let, you let somebody that's let their guard down. Uh, the devil doesn't care how big you are or how bad of a Christian you are. You can have the big old C super Christian on your chest. The devil doesn't care. You think you all that. But you let your guard down. I'll tell you, he'll sift you like wheat. He will tear you up. He will shipwreck your life. He will ruin your testimony. We got to be careful about this thing called sin in our lives. We're all aware of David's sin. We're all aware of what he had done. And we're all aware how he was the typical Baptist today. He got his broom and started sweeping it up under the rug. And I'm sure David could have seen his popularity go down because of his sin if everybody found out about it. He thought he, would, uh, he was not going to be that, that man anymore, that king anymore. It just ran through his mind. I've got to cover this up. I can't let this get out. So I'm going to sweep it under the rug. I'm going to sign this old boy's death warrant. I'm going to give the order so he can take it to General Joab. And he's going to sound the retreat. And Uriah is going to lose his life on the battlefield that day. The Bible said that the word got to her and she mourned for her husband. Then David brought her unto himself. But there was an old prophet with a bony finger pointed right in David's face by the name of Nathan. There was a God in heaven. You can sweep it under the rug. You can cover it up. But there's a God in heaven that sees everything that you do. You can't hide it from him. What is done in secret on earth is open scandal in heaven. There's a God that knows where you've been. He knows what you say. He sees what you do. He, he, he's going to deal with our sin. Old Nathan put his finger in the face of that day and said, David, thou art the man. But I don't want to look at David tonight. I, I don't want to dwell on David tonight. We all know David. I want to look at Uriah. You don't hear much about this man. You don't hear a whole lot preached about this man. Let me say this. If there ever was a man done wrong in the Bible outside of Jesus Christ, Uriah was done wrong. He got the dirty end of the deal. He came he, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. This man by the name of Uriah got the short end of the stick. Can I say Uriah was a faithful man in every area of his life? Yet it seems that everywhere he turned, somebody was trying to do him wrong. Maybe you know somebody like that, that you poured your heart into, you poured your life into. You poured your soul and your tears and your money into somebody, only to have somebody do you wrong. I think about those church members 
that is faithful. And it seems like the more faithful they are, it seems like the more they're losing, getting caught up. They're the ones that always have the flat tire. There's the one the car's already run out of the gas. The, the refrigerator's always breaking down. It seems like the more faithful you are, things go wrong in your life. I think of that, that friend whom you helped. You had them to take your heart and crush it and stomped on it and walked away like they never knew you. Maybe you're given or done some more uh, than anybody else. But some reason you end up on the raw end of the deal. I'm talking about somebody taking advantage of you. Somebody used you. Somebody in, you invested in and, and the night they were uh, real and legitimate. Only to have them to trample on you. Walk out of your life as you never existed at all. If we're not careful, we're going to go through life, the devil will jump up in our shoulders and begin to pose these uh, questions in our mind, and he will begin to cause us to second-guess ourselves, and he says, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it to be faithful is it really worth what you're doing for God? You're here at church. You tithe and you give to missions and you do the best that you can and you're faithful. Don't give up. The devil will begin whispering in your, your mind, is it really worth it? I mean, is it really, really worth it for you to serve God? I mean, you work, you pray, and you got, you got to walk with God, and, and you do the best you can. And how many of you know that there seems like something you just cannot win for losing sometimes? And you start to begin to wonder, is it really worth being 100% faithful to God? Uriah was faithful when nobody else was even looking at this man. Let me tell you something. It's easy to be faithful in the house of God when everybody's looking at you. When you're around other Christians. When all the eyes are on you. Everybody's patting you on your back and telling you what a great Christian you are. But what happens when all eyes are off? People stop coming by to pat you on your back. Uriah was faithful when nobody else was doing anything, when nobody was seeing him. Nobody waiting in line to pat him on the back, to congratulate him and tell him what a great, faithful Christian you are. Nobody was in a line to do that. Matthew 25, 27 says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee a ruler over many things. As faithful as he was, they still done him wrong. He was still taken advantage of. With that question in mind, am I really doing the right thing, being faithful to God? You see, in the eyes of the world, 
Uriah looked like a fool. In the eyes of the world, Uriah looked like a foolish man. I'm going to tell you something somewhere along the way. The devil is going to remind you every time you're faithful, every time you get uh, behind the preacher, every time you stand with the church, every time you've done what you're supposed to do. But in spite of all that, trouble still comes to your house. The bottom still falls out. The trials still find you. And it seems like the problem seems too great to overcome. Times went out far and above all the call of duty only to have it blow up in your face. Look, look how he lived. He lived like everybody, every one of us here tonight. As far as I know, as far as I can find out, he was faithful and true. He never turned one way or the other way. It does not matter which way you turn, Uriah, he comes out clean every single time. He lived a holy and respectable life. He lived a, a faithful to the Lord. He was faithful to his wife. He was faithful to the king. He was faithful to the general. David sent him to his wife. David was thinking, I'm sure he will go. David knew that he'd been out on the battlefield, been out there for weeks and months. He wasn't out there with the other boys, drinking up, having fun, chasing wild women. No, this man was faithful unto his wife. And by the way, men, you ought to be faithful to your wives. Uh, by the way, women, you ought to be faithful to your husbands. He, he was faithful to the king. David uh, sent him a letter that ended up being his own death warrant. And David knew that he would be faithful. I mean, I, really, somebody gives you a letter and tells you to take it to king, you've got a long ways to go. You, you imagine, he said, well, I, I want to take a peek. I, I want to see what's in this letter. It sounded so important, but Uriah was so faithful to the king that he had his own death warrant in his hand that he did not know about it, and he delivered it to General Joab. And David knew that he lived such a holy life, an upright man, that Uriah was not going to open this letter. He's going to do what he said he was going to do. He was faithful to the king. Can I say this? It would not be a hurt us to be faithful to the king tonight. Because the king sure has been faithful to us. He, he was faithful to Joab, the general. When he was ordered to, to the front line, he said, well, you know, general, I'm just not feeling it today. Uh-uh. I, I, I'm just not into the mood today. You know, I had a rough night last night, didn't get no sleep. I think I'll just stay back and sleep. No, he was faithful. He was a soldier, and I'm quite sure him and Joab uh, knew each other. They probably been in the battles together, and he, and he was saying, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to do what I'm told to do. In the military, you do what you're told to do. You don't question it. He never questioned it. He had no doubt in his mind that the general was doing what he was supposed to do. He was faithful. 
he was faithful to God. In verse 11, and Uriah said from into David the ark. What's he talking about? He's talking about the presence of the Lord. How would you see how he looked? You say, preacher, how did this man look? To the human eye, this man looked like one of the most foolish people that ever lived on this world. Although he lived faithful, he looked foolish. He was faithful to his wife. He was faithful the whole time. He was not unfaithful to him. He was faithful to the king. He was faithful to the general. He was faithful to God. He was set up. Now that causes you to ask the question, where is God in all this? Where, where is God? This man is so faithful to all these people. He's faithful to God. Where is God in all this? We, we all know Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for the good, for them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. But where is 828 here? Uriah didn't have that verse. But you know what Uriah had. He was still faithful. I speak on why it's not foolish to be faithful. We're living in an unprecedented day today. We have never dealt with things that we've had to deal with today. There have been a lot of people that have fallen by the wayside. There are some people say that uh, uh, one of the God's children and not doing a thing for God. They're not doing what they're supposed to be. They're not living for God. They're living in fear. And wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. That's not a child of God. It is not foolish to be faithful. You may look like a fool in the eyes of this world. You may look like a fool in the eyes of your family, in the eyes of your friends. But I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven that's keeping a record. He knows exactly what's going on in your life tonight. He knows whether or not if you're being faithful, He knows if you're in your place tonight. You say, preacher, why should we be faithful? I'm so glad you asked. Because of the grace that was shown. You say, preacher, where in the world do you see grace in all this? Look at verse number 3. And David sent an inquiry of after the woman, and one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Verse number 6. And David sent Joab saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. You'll get this in a minute. Verse 17. And Uriah the Hittite died. Verse 21. The servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. You say, Preacher, what in the world does that have to do with grace? I'm glad you asked that. If you studied your Bible, you'll find that the Hittites were under a death warrant uh, when they, Israel went into the promised land. God had given them a death warrant to wipe them totally out. Get rid of all of them for what they had done to the children of God. But somewhere, somehow, 
This man found grace. Somehow down the road, Uriah found grace in the eyes of God. He's still alive. That tells me that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I tell you what we are tonight. We're a bunch of Gentiles that's found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I tell you why we ought to be faithful if everyone in the world does is wrong and the devil comes at you with a war. There is a God in heaven has done us right every time. There's a God in heaven that has been good to us, every single one of us, and that we turn our backs on him, he will not turn his back on us. If the devil declares war on you tonight, God is still going to be on your side. Amen. He'll pick us up like the dewdrops. The mess that you were in your life, you're broken in shame and showed us grace in the eyes of the Lord. You say, preacher, so-and-so has done me wrong. Okay. That, that might be true. That might be the case. But I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven who ain't never done you wrong. He'll never do you wrong. He hasn't answered your prayers. He has met your needs. He's opened doors that man cannot open. He's closed doors that man cannot close. I'm telling you, God has been good to us tonight. And we ought to be faithful to God. He showed us grace. He saved us by grace. And we live by grace tonight. Thank God for the grace of the Almighty God. He was right there when he was born in the manger. He was right there. He was right when he lived a sinless life. He was right when he went to Calvary. He was right when he rose on the third day. Everything that I do from this point on. Makes me look like a fool. I want to keep on going on for God and serving God. Because I'm saved by grace. God showed me grace. He should have left me in the pits of hell. But he delivered me out. The hands of grace. You see, I, I, I've been done wrong. But you're heading to a city that's built... By, not by the hands of man, but by the city built by God. He said, I'll never leave you nor for I forsake you. We ought to be serving him. We ought to be faithful because of grace. We, we ought to be faithful because of the grief. I'm talking about how he lived was faithful. Now he, he looks, looked was foolish. I want to talk about how he left here. Uriah died with joy in his heart. Get a hold of this. He died loving his wife. He died obeying the king. He died obeying his superiors. And he walked out on that battlefield one day right in the arms of Jesus, the Son of God. I'm going to tell you, if it's not be foolish to be found faithful because of the grief factor, what I'm saying, he died without grief. You see, he never knew. He never got the message that his wife was messing around on him. He never knew that. He never knew what the king had done. He never knew that his friend, the general, had set him up. He never knew that. 
He died with peace. He died with joy. When you die faithful, you don't have to deal with a lot of stuff that other people have to deal with. With a lot of grief that people go through. David, on the other hand, he died with a lot of grief. His daughter was raped. His son tried to kick him off the throne and kill him. He died with grief. Uriah never knew hatred or bitterness. God sheltered him from that. David's life was not so. The Bible said the sword never departed from David's house. Uriah died with a clean testimony, but David's not so. The Bible said even the enemies of God mock and laugh at this man, David. Uriah told him even his, his great deeds, but the enemies are laughing and blaspheming. Is it foolish to be faithful? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's not foolish to be faithful because of the God factor. You don't turn there, but 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 5, because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from one thing that commanded him all the days of his life, save only the matter of Uriah the Hittite. Now, the question is, here's the question that we need to ask ourselves. Was God bragging on David? Was he bragging up David's sins? I don't think so. I don't think so. We better think that there is a God in heaven that doesn't bring up our sins, Amen. But he forgives sins. I don't think he's bringing up David's sins, but I do think God was bringing up David's, not his sin, but I think he was bringing up, bragging on Uriah's faithfulness. I I think he was letting the whole world know, I have a faithful servant, the name of Uriah. Who has done what he is supposed to do, and Uriah was done wrong. However, there is a God in heaven keeping score. God said, I, I want the whole world to know. It wasn't always David always doing right. He had others that are doing exactly what they're supposed to. Uriah was faithful to the very end. Matthew 25, 21 says, He said unto them, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. We ought to be faithful. We ought to thank God for the grace that he's shown us. The song sung this morning, Thank you, Lord, for the blessings on me. We ought to thank God for the blessings that he's shown to us. Because he's done so much for us. We ought to just thank him. Amen.